Well, today our featured scripture lesson for the sixth Sunday after Pentecost comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Here ends the reading. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Over the course of my 42 times of making a lap around the sun, I've come to notice a lot the passage of time, the passage of seasons, and I have begun to look for these little signs that in my mind anyway, show us those ongoing passage of time and seasons throughout the course of the year. Now, many of you might be aware, I've talked about this before, I am no fan of the season of winter. I don't like being cold. I really don't like having to deal with snow and ice, which is so prevalent, at least here in our part of the world, to have to deal with that when trying to drive somewhere or to clear it off of the sidewalks and the driveways. I just don't like it. And so as we begin to see the snow melt and things begin to warm up there in the early part of the year, usually sometime in about March or April, I really begin to get excited. And there's something that I look for that really marks this passage of this movement, perhaps is a better way of saying it, from winter towards spring. And this is something that I call green mist. Now, I'm a plant guy, so I really pay attention to trees and to the crops and the fields and the lawn and, and all kinds of plant-related stuff. That's just part of who I am. And so what I look for is when those earliest trees begin to kick out their very tiny little green leaves as they're coming out of the buds. And sometimes when you're driving down the road, you see this on the trees, and that's what I call green mist. In fact, there's a couple of spots out on the freeway between Underwood and Council Bluffs, which is kind of the next big town down, that when we're driving down there, I begin to see those. And I love seeing it because it says in my mind, there we go. There's the green mist we're moving towards spring. Now there's another sign that I also kind of look for, and we're actually getting really close to it here. I mean, we're in the first week of July right now, and this is something that usually we begin to see here around this part of the country in, in probably within the next week or two, and it has to do with the cornfields, and it's when the corn plants start to kick out their tassels. When I begin to see this, it actually makes me a little bit sad. Now, from the development of the crop standpoint, it's actually a good thing because without the tassels, you wouldn't get the development of the ears of corn and then you'd have no crop when the fall rolled around. But the reason that it makes me a little bit sad when I see this sign, this change with the development of the tassels is because for me, it marks the, the transition from the earliest part of the growing season when things are growing and developing and bigger and we're moving into the back part, perhaps even the downward slope towards harvest. And that makes me a little bit sad. Another sign also happens in the cornfields or perhaps on the trees when we begin to see them change color. 
when the, the growing season is really over and we begin to see the, the crops are turning towards, towards yellow and then towards brown and the leaves begin to change color and dropping off of the trees, that's another sign that marks this passage of time. And then perhaps the last one that I think of is, is shortly after that when the harvest is done and you look out across the open fields and they're just barren because the crops are all gone. These little signs, these moments that happen and they happen year after year after year that mark a transition, the change in season. Now you probably see where I'm going with this if you were listening when I read the scripture. To everything there is a season. That's the basis for the short passage. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter three, it's one that we actually encounter fairly regularly. It's one that I utilize in some of my writing and some of my messages on a fairly regular basis. And it just marks that passage of time. And within this, we see these different statements, these back and forth statements that point us out to the back and forth nature of life. That there are aspects, there are two sides of the same coin, a time to be born, a time to die a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to laugh, and a time to mourn. This reminder that things change and that there are designated times, there are designated moments or seasons when aspects of life and this reality that we live in, when they happen, and we are also reminded that they don't last forever. Now, to really begin to understand this, we need to zoom out just a little bit. We need to think about the book of Ecclesiastes as a whole. And to even begin to think about Ecclesiastes, we need to look at a larger portion of the scriptures in general, something that's known as the wisdom literature. Now, this is a portion of what we would call either the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures. It's an aspect that's, that's pointed towards the wisdom that is being shared about life, life in general. Now, oftentimes, these various passages, these various books of the Bible are, are attributed to an individual that we know as King Solomon. Now, King Solomon was the son of the great King David. He was the third king of Israel, and he lived and he reigned for like 40 years, sometime in the range of about 3,000 years ago, about 900 to 950 years before Jesus was walking around. So we have to go way back in history. Now, the thing about Solomon is when he became king, the story goes that God spoke to him. And God said, because of my love for your father, David, ask for anything and I will give it to you. And Solomon could have asked for riches or he could have asked for power or he could have asked for authority. But instead he says, Lord, I want to have wisdom. And God is so pleased with this, grants great wisdom to Solomon and Solomon does all of this writing and he passes along all of this knowledge and this wisdom and he's known throughout the world for it. Now, over the course of, of time, over the course of the centuries, really, this wisdom of Solomon is passed down from generation to generation to generation until it was finally written down. And part of that is this book of Ecclesiastes, which features this back and forth passage that we have already shared for today. Now, what I love about this passage as a whole, it's not really huge. It's only about 12 chapters long. You can read it in a fairly short amount of time. But within it, the author, whether it's Solomon or whether it's someone else who's finally writing down all this wisdom that Solomon had handed down, regardless, the author talks about this fleeting nature of so much within our reality, that there are those things that are good, those things that bring us joy, those things that bring us wonderful peace of mind and they're worth celebrating and we gather and we celebrate them. And they come to an end. 
And at the same time, there's the hard stuff, the stuff that we mourn, the stuff that we lament, the stuff that gives us heartache and turmoil and pain and suffering. And, and we also hear that that will come to an end as well, that all of these things are fleeting. Now, oftentimes in our most current translations, our English translations, we hear the author talks about different things and then the author says, this is vanity. Now, that's an interesting way of putting it, vanity. When I think of vanity, I think of the way that we, we, we like the way we look or we take pride in the way that we look. And I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but whenever I find myself in a situation where I got to put a tux on, I look in the mirror and I think, hey, looking pretty sharp there, Scott. I'm taking vanity in the way that I look. Maybe sometimes when we think about vanity, we think of, about the beauty of youth. And that's perhaps fitting because we also are reminded that over time, the beauty of youth fades. Wrinkles come up, hairlines recede, our skin gets dry and cracked. The beauty of, 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 of youth is fleeting. It will not last forever. It has a season that's fitting in what we're talking about. But something that I appreciate a little bit more, if we go back to the original language, we see something else. Because rather than calling it vanity, the original language says this is vapor, almost like steam, something that's there one second and it's gone in the next. Now, I was thinking about that, like take into uh, mind fog. If you're local, you know that in this past week, earlier this week, the weather conditions were such overnight that we woke up to pretty thick fog a couple of different days. But as the sun gets up, the sun burns it off, that fog is gone. Same sort of thing happens in the wintertime when we have frost that lies on our rooftops or on our car windows or whatever. And when that sun gets up, it burns it off. It's there, but it doesn't last. When I consider that idea, that leads me to another little bit of wisdom that I've learned that I tell myself when I find myself in the midst of stuff that's going kind of rough. Those moments of time where, where I'm stressed or where things have me worried or, or things that are beyond my control are happening and I'm kind of upset about it. And this bit of wisdom that I tell myself, and, and sometimes I have this in conversation with other people as well, is, but the sun will come up tomorrow. Or sometimes I say it in past tense, but the sun came up today. Reminding us that regardless of what's going on, regardless of how bad we might feel about it, or on the flip side of how good something might be happening and how great we might feel about it, the world keeps spinning, the seasons keep turning, and that will continue to happen whether things are going good, bad, or otherwise. That seems to be the basis for this whole passage. Now, full disclosure. This is not mentioned in the lectionary, or this passage that we have shared today is not part of the lectionary. The reason that I'm using it is because of a community celebration that's happening this Sunday, the 4th of July, here in Underwood. 4th of July in Underwood is the season, I shouldn't say the season, it's the holiday that this community takes really, really seriously. Every community has their own holiday or their own little celebration that they take really seriously. 4th of July is that for Underwood. And this year, the planning committee chose a theme, and that theme is a time for fun. Now, thinking about that theme is what led me to this passage, that there is a time for this, and there is a time for that. There is a time for celebration, and there's a time for mourning. And that really is fitting this year. I can't speak for the planning committee that came up with that theme, because I don't know if this was their logic or not. But when I think about that theme, a time for fun, I'm thinking back to a year ago and the recognition that because of COVID, 
because of the pandemic, because of the conditions at that time, as we backtrack 12 months, when things were still pretty new and we really didn't know very much and we didn't have vaccines yet and everything was really up in the air, as a community, we were not able to gather for that time of celebration. And there was a sense of mourning about that, that this important event, this important holiday in the life of our community, we could not celebrate. But this year, we can. And because we missed that a year ago, the season has come back around and this is a time to gather and celebrate and to do so as a gathered community. So much of this in life, so much of the things that we celebrate as well as the things that we mourn happen in community. Now, yes, they happen to individuals as well, but they happen in community and we recognize the importance of doing this together because we also recognize the importance of seeing that we are all mixed up in the tension of this life, this ever swirling life that's got the good stuff and the bad stuff all together. We're all in it together. But there are also different levels of the way these things happen. Sometimes events or situations happen and they affect a very small group of people. Sometimes they, they affect everyone. Now, think about COVID. COVID is a worldwide pandemic. Here in the US, things are really beginning to improve greatly because of the presence of the vaccines that we have received. And here in our little corner of the country, things are going really well. But the rest of the world is not quite so, is not quite so lucky. There's a lot of parts of the world that are still really, really fighting this thing. And as a world, we recognize that this thing is still ongoing, but we also know that there will be a season to it, that it will not end our reality. On the flip side, we can bring things down very, uh, quite a bit smaller. And in my personal observation, in my work as a pastor, I do a lot of funerals. And I can't tell you the number of times when I have stood at a graveside, and it's a beautiful day, and I think to myself, it's too nice to have this moment going on. And yet it happens. And for that people, that group of people who are gathered there, time seemingly has stopped. And they're mourning, and it's painful. And they have gathered together to share in that time together. But as I've thought about that, I also tend to recognize the cars that are going by on the highways. Because for the rest of the world, the world keeps spinning. And that is the nature of our reality, the nature of our life. Now, folks, you might have noticed I've got this palm tree sitting behind me. Maybe you're wondering why it's there. Well, horticulture again, and I've got to come back to it. I received this palm tree as a gift after one of our community baccalaureate services a few years ago. And it sits back in my office, and I really like it. And palm trees are kind of easy to take care of. You water it once or twice a week, and it just kind of keeps on going. The great thing about palm trees is as they grow, one leaf comes up, and then the next leaf comes up, and then the next leaf comes up, and the next leaf comes up. Now, if you look, you can kind of see it. You can see there's some nice, good green growth up on top, but as you go down a little bit farther, there's the old brown, dried up, dead leaves that are in there. And maybe you can't see it so well here on the screen, but there's even a couple of brand new leaves that are just beginning to open up in the midst of that. We've got brand new life, we have existing life, and we have old dead life, old de dead leaves, I should say, all mixed up in the same plant together. And that is a good reminder of life, the tension that it's all in there together. It's all mixed up, and I love this plant because for me, it serves as a reminder of that reality. Now, if this is the case, if we are reminded both through the scriptures and both through our own observation of life in general that we've got some good stuff, and that good stuff is worth celebrating, and it brings us joy, but it comes to an end, 
and we also have the hard stuff and that hard stuff gives us great turmoil and yet we also recognize that it too will come to an end and we recognize the way that it's all mixed up together it's all jumbled up together what do we do with that and folks i think in the midst of that we look to the one who somehow made this reality in the first place and this is a story that we find in the scriptures if we go all the way back to the beginning and that wonderful, wonderful passage that we have in Genesis chapter 1, when we hear of the creation of the world, we hear that God is starting with chaos and gradually, step by step by step, is moving it towards order. But that work's not done yet. And over the course of the large story of the scriptures in general, and the story of our realities, we continue to see God continues to invite humanity and reality forward towards the ultimate fulfillment, which still lies out there in some unknown future. And I believe that in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, God was taking one really big, massive step forward as the kingdom of heaven which is something that we have been promised, even if we don't fully understand it, has come near to us. Now, what does that mean? Well, I think it means a lot of things, but within all of that, I believe there is a promise that is for all of humanity, a claim that God has made through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, a claim that says to every single person, I have made you lovingly and you are mine. You are a beloved child of God. That's something we talk about a lot, something we talk about often. And in the midst of that, in the midst of that promise, we are reminded that all of this stuff, all of the tension, all of the good and the bad, all of it mixed up together, as it ultimately comes to an end, as we experience it, we're reminded that our existence, our life, short that it may be in the grand scheme, our story becomes a part of God's greater story, that story that God is still making, that God is still drawing forward until that one beloved day out there in the unknown future. And the promise of the gospel, the promise of that claim of God upon each of us says that when all this is done, when this season comes to a close, our story is not done because the claim of God means that story continues. And that the last word doesn't belong to all this stuff over here. The last word in your existence and in my existence, in each of our existence, belongs to God. And that last word says you are mine and that it continues on. May that be a sense of hope for you if you find yourself in the midst of hard stuff. Maybe it be a good reminder in the midst of the good stuff that we might celebrate that as all of this comes to a close, there is more to the story. So we live our lives now in that reality, knowing that this is temporary, but God's promises last forever. Amen.